Good morning. It's really lovely to see you again. Uh, it's just oh, thrills my heart every time I look out and see this amazing family and the glory of God on the planet and loads of hope for the nations and nations beyond. So it, uh, that's not the breach. Um, that's just my response to seeing your lovely faces. So, little observation. Um, no, before we have an observation, I want to tell you what I want to talk about to try and keep myself on track. What I want to talk to you today is about how values light your way and how they shape and behavior and how they set a course. And uh, so that is what I'm going to be talking about. But before we get on, I just want to uh, let you in on to a few observations that you may have shared. Um, it really does, when you look around the world, what's happening in the news it does seem that the world is going a little bit crazy. Anybody noticed? Um, everybody's stirred up about something or other, and uh, there are events going on across the world, in this country. Journalism is a little questionable, and social media tends to lend itself to mass distortion and a misrepresentation of the facts. And in that moment, there's a tendency to uh, react in haste and think later. And uh, we're finding um, that these are times where people are churned up and it's exhausting for body and soul. And it really is a, a time for spirit to be the one that is at the forefront. So um, I had a bit of a funny thought this week in the midst of all this chaos that I'm watching around the place. And it, it went a little bit like this. I lift up my eyes to Facebook where does my help come from? Oh, no, 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 that's the wrong thing to do. But I was just so affronted and traumatized by every time the radio's on, every time you check your Facebook or whatever social media streams, it's just this frenzy that really has an opportunity to lead one into all sorts of reactions and thoughts and uh, interactions and sets of behaviors and it can really set the tone for how you act and how you behave and how you manage yourself. Um, so uh, that was a funny thought um, to one side but just you know every time you click on Facebook I lift my eyes to oh no not because of course where I learned that little phrase was way back when I, I was raised in a church that really had a high value for the word and um, it, it was the word. And uh, in that Psalm 121 is where it says, I will lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, not from Facebook. Um, and the Lord who made heaven and earth. And he will not allow my foot to be moved. And he, keep, and he who keeps me will not slumber. And I just want to encourage you with that truth. And to get your compass fixed on what is going to keep you well. And keep you healthy. And to keep you, keep you effective in, in the times that you find yourself. So um, just a basic thing from the beginnings of my walk with God, which is 30 years ago now. Um, but it is one of those basic, basic truths. It's fundamental. And I would love it to be yours too. So that's why I'm sharing it. So God really does want us to be anchored, living in peace, in love and in his presence. And it's going to look extraordinary when you do that. Um, Facebook is an interesting place, but every now and again you see an absolute gem. And a couple of the gems that I've picked up in the middle of all the chaos is a little, little snippet that said, the world is changed by your example, not by your opinion. 
I quite liked that. And another little one that I picked up this week was ships don't sink because of the water around them. Ships sink because of the water that gets in them. Don't let what's happening around you get inside you. And it is just such... um, These are times for truth and lifting your eyes to the source. And it's just been so precious this morning. Jesus is our source. He's the source for everything. He's got everything we need. And even if you don't have it, there's somebody beside you that is a joint that will supply your need. It's not a time to be fighting these battles in isolation. So there is my preamble. Um, So Hope Church, you are amazing. You are the glory of God um, waiting to happen and are happening powerfully and effectively. Today we've got people up um, with the Connections Weekend where there's kids, youth from all over Scotland just coming to be really ministered to, encouraged and unleashed into all that God's got for them. So there's a big party of people gone there and there's another party gone down south. Yesterday we had a bunch of amazing musicians, one who sat right here, I don't know if there's anybody else, who were on um, the worship channel record two hours, got me out of my bed early, I was ready, I was there and they were just, they were fantastic for so many reasons because yes they were musically great and they worshipped but the thing that really got me was the relationships the journey they've walked together, the battles they've fought and won together, the fact that they know who they are, their identity before the Father and in the middle of the worship they were prophesying the truth of what it is to be able to sit at his feet where they are welcome and the Father just loves to lavish what he's got to them and through them. So well done. Really proud, really excited. So uh, it was fantastic. Um, So yeah, we have um, this amazing body of diversely gifted people and you're all created full of expression of God. He made you, so you are his expression on the earth and just waiting to happen. If um, And I just want to encourage you as you do that. Um, my family have been listening to me ranting and raving about the overuse and misuse of the word amazing. But I've set myself a trap because I keep using it. So, <laughs> for the sake of, uh, you know, completeness, um, I'm just going to say, when I say the word amazing, this might be what I mean. Amazing, causing great surprise or wonder, astonishing, very impressive, excellent. And um, I will be using the word amazing because I just can't, I haven't quite got trained myself out of this very annoying habit. Um, But this is who we are as children of Father God on the earth with that definition. We, I want you to say this in your own heart, we, I am truly amazing. So you will be aware, for those of you who are part of the family, that as a leadership team, we are really on a journey of wanting to do a much better job of that that God's got for us. And um, to that end, we as a team have signed up to do some leadership training down at Eastgate, down in Kent, um, along with 25 other leadership teams. And we're going to be on this journey with them um, until October, probably beyond, but the program runs till October. And uh, we want to learn some new things, and we want to be changing some of the things that we've not done very well. Um, And I imagine that's probably true for all of us. We all want to face areas that we've not so far done very well, and and areas that we want to see some growth and uh, some real fruit in our lives. So 
I, I want you to be hearing what I'm telling you through perhaps your own position and your own journey that's ahead of you. Um, for us, going to Living Fire, which was the name of this training, it was a bit of a similar experience. A lot of what they were sharing was very familiar, but it was extremely challenging. And the thing for me that really struck me were the questions that I was being caused to ask myself. There's lots of, you know, whenever you go to conferences, you hear amazing things and you can get really whisked up by some amazing revelations, some tr amazing truths. But what I found myself really impacted by were the questions. It was the soul-searching questions. Where was I really at? What was my motive? Where am I digging from? What am I flowing from? What am I operating from? And it's the questions. And then we got back and we have had, we've got an amazing, one amazing, there we go again. We have this incredibly talented and resourceful teaching team that have set out a questionnaire. Has any, have any of you filled that in so far? A questionnaire about our teaching program. Emily Rutem and Matthew McIndoe, I believe, have been part of the team. Thank you. And they have put together an extraordinary questionnaire asking about your thoughts and what you're looking for and what you're hungry for, what we're doing right, what we could do better, about the teaching program. And as I went through the questionnaire, it was these questions, 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 again, digging deep inside my soul about what am I doing? How am I lining up? How am I planning to move forward in my journey with God and my understanding? How am I going to get fresh revelation? How am I going to edify my soul? How am I going to equip myself? How am I going to put tools in my toolkit? So it's an extraordinary questionnaire, and they really want all of your response. I know I'm kind of the one with a mic today, but you can give great feedback, please, on this, because we're wanting to learn. And I do believe that you can click a link from the Facebook um, family page, and there's also paper copies going to be made available. So if you would like to be a voice, which we would really appreciate, please see Emily and Matthew McIndoe, and they'll make sure that you find a way to fill in that questionnaire. And that's going to help shape how we do this next 12 months. So... Um, so questions, questions, questions. Some of the questions that I came home with from uh, the beginning of our training program were, um, do you know where you are and do you know where you're heading? Do you love your people beyond selfish ambition? That's a church leader, but for all of us it's, do I love the people around me more than the ambition I have for myself? That's a big question. Another question, what makes us stand out from the world? And do I enjoy the presence of God? That's the thing that is the, the, that's the one difference that makes us so different from the world, is the presence of God. Um, is there anything more I can learn? That was an easy one to answer. Um, there were so many questions, so many questions. And I suppose the big, big, big question at the bottom of it all was how much do we trust Holy Spirit? How much do we trust Holy Spirit in, for our days, for the way that we're living our life? And, and how much do we, we love him and how much do we love others? Now you'll notice we have a few lanterns around the place. And I'm sharing the questions because... When you ask questions, you discover what your values are. And it's good to ask questions. It's really good to ask questions and 
burrow them down till you find the value, the very thing that shapes you. And um, so what I want to just open up, and get, again, I'm going to be throwing things out that are to equip you to go away and do some work. I'm not going to be giving you profound revelation. It's just something to help you in this process, because we are all in this process together. Now, there's a lantern. Here's a lantern. Here's a lantern. And I want you, every time you see a lantern, I want you to think about what we're going to talk about just now. I believe that we're all on this incredible journey of learning and learning what it is to live in the presence of God. And we really need one another. I really need you. And we're finding as a team and as a family in our relationships just great fruit and, and great joy, actually, in getting closer to one another, being able to be transparent, to be honest, and to allow the kingdom of God to encourage and shape one another. I'm not meant to have it all. I'm meant to live in such a way that I can love and be loved well and have every joint supplying that need. So... A lantern. A lantern shows you the way you're going. It has a light in the middle. Um, and again, a very basic early truth in my Christian walk was that God's word is a lamp to my, my feet and a light to my path. And it shows me the way. And you can find that in Psalm 119. So lamps and lanterns have always held that meaning for me right from day go, really, is that Jesus is the light of the world. We're called to be the light of the world. And so these lanterns, these lamps, they are, I, I'm a very visual person. And so I really love to see things. And then I always attach a meaning to it. So every time I see it, I think about this. So I'd like you to look at this lantern. In the center of this lantern, there is a flame. Point one. The flame. If you were to put words on your flame, if you were to choose two words that sum up your values, two values. When I first started out in this exercise, I think I had about 28 values. But an exercise for you. What are the two values that are the light in your life without which you would not make sense on the earth? And that flame has a name. So as a Hope Church family, I'd like to suggest that our core values, if I was to put, just choose three of very many that are really important to, to us, I would say the presence of God, learning how to enter the whole of holies, worshiping him, living out of the overflow from that place is a very, very high value. It's what this church has been based on and something that we want to press in and grow in. The second one of those things is love. Now, what do you think of when you think of the word love? You may have noticed it's Valentine's Day coming up and all the shops have suddenly turned red and all the cards are pink and fluffy and... Uh, and uh, <laughs> You know, I'm looking for a card that looks a little bit more like this one. Just because you're mad at someone doesn't mean to say you stop loving them. Now, I think that sums up that lovely picture of a grumpy old man, which could be a grumpy old woman in my case, loving 
the person next to them from the opposite side of the bench. There is something very powerful going on there as a manifestation of love. Cross, but not stopping loving. Thanks, Gideon. We can put the lantern. So I'm looking for cards that look a bit more like that, that represent love. And um, I'm not here to unpack what it is to love and to be on the receiving end of the love of God. But I do want to talk just a little bit about what that is. We are in a very privileged environment where we are learning and have learned what it is to love and be loved as sons and daughters, not as slaves, not as um, always having to earn, always having to perform, always having to be better, do better before I can sit on the lap of the one who created me and loves me. That actually um, love is a very, very high value and learning to sit in that place, receive that love, receive the revelation of what that means, to be equipped by that love in moments of struggle and weakness. That's the kind of love I'm talking about, and that is a very, very high value in our world. What does it look like? Well, it it looks a little bit like that funny card that I showed you. But the opposite of love is something that we look at every day. And I don't know about you, I sometimes look in the mirror and I see the opposite of love. I see fear. I see anxiety. I see suspicion. I see secrecy. How do you know when you're not ministering or living out of love? It's when you identify those things. And it's no secret. I've spoken before about a very dark time in my life just a few years ago, a couple of years ago, in fact, where anxiety was running out of every pore of me. And that It was a very sad, dark, struggling time. But this is where I learned, again, some of these things of what is the truth? Where do I go to in those moments? Where is my source when I'm feeling any of those things? There's no judgment in feeling those things. But actually, in the struggle, in the battle, when when things are really difficult, it's pressing in to the source of real love and it's the love of the father and that is what brings peace it's what brings courage it's what brings faith it brings a tenacity it brings it brings everything we need as we've been hearing this morning that is the place so in the center of my lantern and hopefully yours you'll have a core value and for us love is one of those it's the love of the father that we receive and minister out of as sons and daughters on the earth so if those are my core values, the other thing that is a very high value, I mean, I could go on, the list is endless, but freedom. Actually, in real, in the Father's love, there is freedom. A freedom that we're exploring. What does that mean? What does that look like? We're on a process of unlearning some very helpful models. But in true love of the Father, there is true freedom. And we're learning as a family what it's like to operate in freedom, free. Are you, do you, are you happy? Are you comfortable? Are you willing to be who you really are? If you find a bit of a pause in your ability to answer, that's because Father's got some more love he wants to pour into you. That hallmark of his love that endorses you to be fully who he created you to be, not to be a performing monkey, to perform like somebody else. So core value, freedom. So that's something else. So here we have our lantern with love, freedom and the presence of God. So I'm going to light my lantern because I've gone through the process of finding out what my 
three core values I'm going to put in the center of the way I live my life. Oh, glory. A gadget that works, Nick. You said it worked. So, you find your core values and you stick them in your lantern. And every lantern has something that protects the flame. So that's your second point. Something that protects the flame. All lanterns have a device that protect the flame. Even this modern one has something that protects the flame. Switch on. But it's got a glass, it's got casing. There is something around that that's going to stop the light from going out. And I'd like to suggest to you that you need something to stop the light going out. What are the specific behaviors that support and protect your values? What is it that you're putting in place? This is, this is very practical. You need things in place. There'll be behaviors and there'll be people who are going to support you in the values that you're pursuing. Without those protective devices, your flame will go out pretty quick. So I'd like to spur you on and think and ask that question. What behaviors, what people, what things are you putting in place in your life that you are actively protecting the core values that are going to light your way from the minute you wake up in the morning, all the people you meet, all the meetings you're in, all the exchanges you have, all the disagreements you have, all the challenges you face. What is it that you've got in place that's going to protect the values that you want to live by? The third thing that every lantern has is a handle. Now, sometimes when we struggle or we're feeling overwhelmed, we can be tempted to put the lantern down and walk away. And if you walk away from the flame, what happens? What happens to the path in front of you if you've left the lantern behind? It goes dark. Sometimes we do just get a bit overwhelmed and we feel like we're carrying too much and it's very easy to put the lantern down in those moments. Um, without the light of our lantern, the clarity of the values can get dim. And suddenly your behaviors start to get a little bit out of sync, out of alignment, because the light is not shining the way. And in the, it's in the struggles, it's in the, in, it's in the tussles, it's in, it's in the everyday living that you can feel overwhelmed, you can feel struggling, and you can sometimes blur what really are your core values, what is it that you're really on the planet for. In a, mo in a morning like we've had this morning, our, our values are very, very much in the forefront because we've just encountered Jesus, we've just spent time in his presence. And it's very clear. But the minute you put the lantern down, you stop those behaviors, worship, stop pressing into his presence, the light can go dark. And then what? Where do your resource come when the light goes dark? So we need to use the handle when you're thinking about a lantern. Use the handle to identify behaviors that could be a warning sign that you've walked away from your light or your values. For me... I know I'm in trouble when I don't want to talk to anybody at all. I know that I'm in trouble when I would rather watch trash or waste time. 
I know I'm in trouble when I'm very distracted, when I prefer to do those things rather than talk to God, rather than to worship. So for me, I know. I know when I'm in trouble. And you need to identify that handle. Put things on that you know you do when you walk away. Because when you're doing those things, you're walking away from the thing that's going to light the way to where you really want to go and what you're really wanting to be radiating into the world. And the fourth thing about a lantern is it radiates light. You are the light of the world. Every single one of you, in all your shapes and guises, all your gifts and talents, the lanterns all look different, but the light that Father God puts inside you is to be a unique light and a unique source of light in the world. And a question that I have asked is, I know that I am embodying my my most important values when I can show up Uh, I can speak up, I can step out, and I'm not hiding and running away. Now, those of you who know me well, I would far prefer to be shutting up and keeping quiet and stepping out. And uh, we've always joked over many decades now about a romantic cottage away from everywhere, by the sea, with no people around it. So I've got another something on my handle The minute I find myself yearning for a cottage by the sea, I know I'm in trouble because I'm not living with my values of wanting to demonstrate. I'm running away. I'm running away in that moment. Um, So I know that I'm most powerful. Now, I'm not saying, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that a cottage by the sea is not a great thing. (laughs) I have to say, most of my holidays, my recharge moments are in that place. But when I am losing hope for the here and now, when I would far prefer to sell up, move out and bus out, that's when I'm in trouble. So I'm not saying don't recharge. It's really good to recharge. But what I am saying is know when you're most alive, when, when you're radiating light. So the question I want to ask you is, where does your light shine from? Where does the river of your life flow from? For me, my light shines when Jesus walks in the room. Um, At the mention of his name, that's where my light shines. When I'm at the end of all of my resources, my wisdom, which the further I go in life, I find my wisdom is more folly than wisdom. That great saying, the further on you go, the less you realize you know. I know that my light shines most when Jesus is at the center of my eyesight, when Jesus is the one who is supplying the words that I don't have, when he is supplying the strategies that I don't have, when he's supplying the strength that I don't have. And the minute he puts that light on, my goodness, the flame shines bright and things start to happen. And I'm not responsible for that except for looking at his face. And the same is true for you. I want you to really take some time in the days and weeks ahead to think, what is it that makes my light shine? What is my lantern? What are my core values? It's a wee while since I've thought about that. What am I doing to protect those, that flame? Who am I surrounding myself that are going to encourage me to do that? Who's going to sharpen me in that? Who can I encourage to be doing the same thing with that? 
can I clearly identify when I'm stepping out of line with what I say my values are? Have I identified the behaviors that are not really helpful? And when do I feel the Father's pleasure? I feel the Father's pleasure when I shine, when I show up, when I give him permission to use what he's put inside of me for the benefit of those. His glory is not for me. His glory is for others. The life that he has put inside each one of you is for those that he puts alongside you. You are a unique and powerful tool. So I just want to really encourage you with that. You are a light that shines. And as a family, we want to be buffing up that ability to shine. We want to strengthen that. And where we do it wrong, we want to learn that we're doing it wrong, which is why your feedback is so precious and so important. And between friendships, I, I have been so liberated in the last couple of years of my life when I have realized it's not a failure or a weakness to have other people pour strength in. It is just, and the joy of that, the relief that comes with that. That is how Jesus was. You know, he, he was, he had it all, but he allowed others to wash his feet. He had it all, but he allowed people to come close. So I just want to encourage you that he is the light that shines and you are the light that is to shine in this world. Um, I was going to read a piece of scripture and as I have not expired my time, I just want to, I'd, li I'd like you to just close your eyes. I'm just going to close with this this morning. And this really is just to encourage you, provoke you, to allow God to speak to you about how he can shine your light and how can he look. And I'm going to take this from Romans 12. And it's um, from a slightly different translation. So it may be a familiar scripture to you, but it might sound a little bit different and it might give you some thoughts and just allow Holy Spirit to speak to you. Love without any hidden agenda. Utterly detest evil. Be glued to good. Take tender care of one another with fondness and affection. Esteem one another's unique value. Do not allow any hesitation to interrupt the rhythm of your zeal. Capture the moment. Maintain the boiling point, intensity of spirit devotion to the Lord. Delight yourself in the pleasure of expectation. Prayer prevails victoriously under pressure. Purpose with resolve to treat strangers as saints. Pursue and embrace them with fondness as friends on equal terms of fellowship. Make yourself useful in the most practi practical way possible. Continue to speak well, even if someone wants to take advantage of you. Bless and do not blame when you feel exploited. Do not merely act the role in someone else's gladness or grief. Feel with them in genuine joy and compassion. Esteem everyone with the same respect. No one is more important than the other. Associate yourself rather with the lowly than with the lofty. Do not distance yourself from others in your own mind. Take a real interest in ordinary people. Father, 
we have so much we want to learn. And Father, we, we know that in your presence, there is the source of true heaven on earth. And Father, we invite you to come and speak to us. We give you permission to challenge us, to help us to ask the difficult questions and to walk with you as you show us some of those answers. Father, for every soul here this morning, I ask that there would just be a sweet kiss from heaven this morning, a real intimacy between them and you. As you just take us deeper in what it is to be followers of Jesus, of what it is to be a family of believers learning to walk and learning to live and learn together. And Father, our deepest hearts cry is this world that is in chaos. Father, that they would experience heaven. They would experience your love, your compassion, your healing, your hope, your sense of excitement and anticipation for what you truly planned on the earth. And Father, we invite you into the deep places this morning. And we say, have your way, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.